Disney Minus, the Disney movie podcast where we will eventually have watched every Disney movie that there is. An old pervert won't let me leave this room and stop podcasting, so in the meantime, I'm Steven. Help me. Please help. (laughs) I'm Kat, and this just had me had so many bad flashbacks to pigeons and vendors and nah, I can't do it. And I'm Nero, and I wish I could uh, focus on on talking about this movie, but I'm losing to a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Watch Hunchback. If he had had only been the losing to a bird thing, it still would have been weird, but I'd have been a lot more okay with him him being there. There's so much about... We'll get to the Jason Alexander gargoyle. So much. I don't know why. Just All the music and the songs, like, it worked for the movie, but then you throw in a guy like you with the freaking gargoyles, and it does not fit. I keep forgetting a guy like you is in this. Just like the Martin Short robot, we will be exclusively referring to him as the Jason Alexander gargoyle. I do not care (laughs) that he has a name. That is all that he is to me, because that's all I can see when I look at him. It's like, oh, that's just Jason Alexander. Honestly, remembering his name pisses me off even more because it's supposed to be a, or half of a tribute to the author of the book. Yes, yeah, a tribute. Well, but like seriously, like the whole like fluffy thing with uh, Quasimodo doing the you know nobody wants to be cooped here forever, and then all of a sudden gargoyle. We'll get there. We'll get there. <sighs> so we watched. Sorry. I'll be quiet. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, the nineteen ninety six yes. animated Disney classic, which. Um, is makes me feel old. The most unmarketable <laughs> movie ever made. Um, if you look at all of the, Even I hear you if you look at all of the marketing from this movie's release, I genuinely don't remember any of it's it. It's hilarious because it's basically all either the gargoyle scenes or the feast of fools. That is all they could show, pretty much. Yeah. Otherwise, you're like, God damn, this movie is dark. Also, only the first half of the Feast of Fools, obviously. Um, yeah. And like, I think you can tell from all of that marketing that once the movie was finished, Disney was looking at it and just going, "What the fuck do we do with this? Why did this? we make this? What have you done?" <laughs> um, and like so. Fun fact, when I went to go and see Notre Dame, when I went to, like, visit in high school, they would not let us into certain areas of the bell tower because they were seen that Disney movie. We don't want you swinging around on the fucking bells. (laughs) Right. Seriously, they were like, well, I mean, because it is, like, still an active cathedral. Like, they were having church services when we went there. Yeah. And they were like, we are not going to have, we're not going to risk you guys. 
messing around with our stuff. Yeah, pretty much, which we understood. But yeah, there were like literally pieces of the cathedral we were not allowed to go see because they were like, nope, not gonna do it. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You also cannot sing God Help the Outcasts in the middle of church (laughs) service, please. Very disruptive. We did have a sing along in the middle. Excellent. (laughs) It wasn't God Help the Outcasts, though. Was it Bells of Notre Dame? No. Was it it Hellfire? (laughs) Oh my god, was it Hellfire? We did not do Hellfire. That would have been fucking awesome, but no, we did not. (laughs) Yeah, so. I mean, it's the light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. That wasn't even in the movie. No, but that's what we did in the middle of the goddamn cathedral. That's so lame. <laughs> Out of all the songs you could sing in this big gothic cathedral, it's that one. <laughs> right. Okay, you know, I mean, you want to argue with the nuns? You go right ahead. I think I will. I, I would. <laughs> I mean, the acoustics were great for it. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, the acoustics were amazing, and we made sure that we didn't interrupt any actual services. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. Well. I suppose before we start, we anyway. should say one thing. We will be talking a lot about the Romani people. Uh, we are not, not going to use the word that this movie uses for them. A lot. It's. I would say so, I haven't done so the math. Much. It's like ten percent of the dialogue. I'm sure. God, I would. I would bet. Holy shit, guys. They use it. Let me fire out the movie. I'll do a shot game. <laughs> pretty sure we'll be drunk by the end of it. Yeah. Nah. And, and, you know, it's, fucking, yeah, whatever. It, it's a period piece. And also, like, back in the 90s, blah. they didn't, it, the, the people didn't the really know. Yeah, yeah. Um, people didn't honestly, really know. Even honestly, even if it were made today, I feel like they'd still, I feel like they'd still be tossing it around. Yeah. I've, well, maybe not today's Disney. I think they would be too nervous for that. But then again... Today's mm-hmm. Disney wouldn't make this fucking movie. Um, right. This is like... We'll get there. So we, we start... Like, we open very strong. It's just this this uh, pan over over Paris. Uh, we get our introduction. Wait. Our exposition jester is here uh, to sing us the opening number, The Bells of Notre Dame. Can we also give props to his voice actor? They no. literally told him, you can't hit that high note. He said, bet. <laughs> oh, I should get the cast actually. Let's let's let me pull up the cast. Oh, yeah, real quick. Nope, hang on, hang on. I've got it. I've got it. I had to get to another page, but I got it. Okay, so wait. So we know Jason Alexander, Tony J, Tom Hulse, blah blah blah. Let's see. Yeah. So dem- give me Clopin, damn it. Uh, Paul Candell. Yes. So thank you. a lot of the guys in this movie are like. Broadway actors, as is often the case for these Disney Renaissance movies, they got people who can sing. Tom Hulse says Quasimodo is a like big. He he played Mozart in Amadeus. Oh <clears> shit! Um, he oh my god, his singing voice is gorgeous. Yes, Demi Moore as Esmeralda. Um, Kevin, Klein although they did have him? someone else as her singing voice, yes. Heidi Mullenauer. Yeah, Heidi Mullenauer. Yep. Demi Moore could not uh, quite pull off God Help the Outcast. Tony J, of course, as Frollo. Okay, yeah, that's God was Tony the fucking ultimate villain voice. Boy, Frollo is is a great villain. We'll get to him. That's fucking Shere Khan, man. Yep, Kevin Klein as as Captain Phoebus. Um, <laughs> He's probably, I think, maybe the biggest 
name in the movie proper other than um, Demi Moore? I I think at the time the movie was made, Jason Alexander was the freaking guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. I think it maybe definitely was Jason Alexander. Yeah. Um, Apparently Laverne was voiced by two people. Yes. Oh, yes. Laverne, voice actor, passed away during filming. Oh, that would do it. No, she passed away during filming, and one of her friends, who usually did, like, voiceover acting, she stepped in and did that. Ah, okay, that explains why Jane Withers is credited as additional Laverne dialogue. Yep, yep. Okay. And I'm finding it right now. Hang on. They did have uh, one of the guards uh, sounded super familiar yep. during the movie, and now that I'm looking at the cast, it makes sense. They have Patrick Starr in here. As yeah, Bill, Bill Fagerbaki, uh, Patrick Starr. Wait, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Scott, oh, oh, shit. Uh, Jim Cummings. Yes. He's, yeah. he's like all of the background guards, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Patrick's I, voice. I saw that on IMDb. It's like, you know, God love him. He tries it, but you know that's all Jim Cummings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Frank Welker as Baby Bird and Jolly, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, Jolly was the goat, but we'll get okay, to it. Uh, Mary Wicks was Laverne. Who yeah, was mostly. Who was she after? Uh, Jane Withers, according to IMDb. Yes, thank you. So, Bells of Notre Dame. Well, we got sidetracked. Yeah, we got it. so, but the Bells of Notre Dame is an extremely strong opener. It sets up the, the it story. It really is. Um, and we also Props get our for taking that song. Uh, we also get our first look at uh, Frollo because we we kind of uh, flashback to Quasimodo's origins. There's a few Romani refugees like cutting through uh, yeah. Paris. And they are ambushed by Frollo on the world's scariest horse. Yeah, oh my god, right? I think this is like a draft horse. It's fucking huge. Fucking gotta be. I've got Easter eggs, but it's not time for those yet. So, Well, yeah, Easter's a while away. Immediately, we begin uh, this film with murder and attempted infanticide. Um... Because Frollo chases this woman down uh, who is holding a baby. Um, he, do- he does just kill her. Uh, I gotta say, for Disney, this is the first time we flat out seen murder on screen. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, kicks her in the face and sh- uh, she, like, slams her head against the, 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 uh, the steps of, of Notre Dame. Yeah. On the steps of Notre Dame. Yep. Okay, I gotta say right now, the steps of Notre Dame when the Archdeacon does his thing, you know, you can never can run from nor hide what you've done from. Yeah. That still gives me chills it's to this day. It's fucking good. The eyes are no Very. Eyes are no I'm like, holy shit, you're fucked. The, Very um, good use of the statues in that scene. Holy yeah, shit. because so Frollo dangles this baby. Uh, <laughs> well, he opens the baby thing. He says, ah, oh, a, a hideous demon and tries to drop him down a well. But the <laughs> the deacon. A baby? A monster. Yeah, the, the deacon of, of Notre Dame walks out. And uh, he, he, he says, uh, no. Here's the thing. You know, the eyes of Notre Dame. Frollo has like a big crisis of faith. Um, and I mean, the song even flat out says, "For once in his life, he felt fear for his immortal soul." Yes, yeah, which that makes sense. Frollo strikes me as a guy who has feared for his soul 
all of twice. And Maybe. also, I love further in the movie when it's like, oh, Frollo learned long ago not to fuck with the church. Learn long ago not to fuck around and find out. Yep. But sometimes you just gotta do it uh, as, as he does later. So, he agrees that so he, the deacon makes him agree to raise the baby as his own but Frodo's like well I don't want this shit in my house uh keep him yeah. here douche how about I raise him as your own <laughs> how about I visit him every like other day is that <laughs> is this like, good you know this foul creature may be of use to me yeah fuck um, you just, just a stand up guy this judge Claude Frollo um yeah oh my god the whole time, just so you know, the priest is holding his mom's dead body. Yep. Yeah, he's like, knelt on the, the ground, like, is. holding her. And it's uh, it's a very strong introduction to Frollo. Frollo has such a presence on screen whenever he's there. Obviously, a lot of that is Tony J. But also his design is just, like, they're, they're this, like, big sort of billowing judge robe yeah. that he wears. The hat. I love the hat. I know, it's really good, yeah. It's like, his design is fairly minimalistic in that it is just the robe, but they make such good use of it. Yeah. And uh, then then we, we... I just like the song lyrics, the whole what makes a monster and what makes a man. Yeah, it's cause, Boom. because <laughs> like, uh, Kloppen is like, yeah, what makes a monster, what makes a man, and who who is who in our story? I wonder. Mm. Children, do you know what themes are? Literally, um, this soundtrack gives me goosebumps every time. Yes, and so then, then we we except for the fucking gargoyle song that doesn't exist. <laughs> the gargoyle song can't hurt oh, yeah. you; it's not real. Um, I wish it wasn't real, Nero. I really do. So then we we get uh, our 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 modern day shot of Quasimodo doing his thing, ringing the bells, um, and like I love the way he moves around the the bell tower. Like just yeah, right. Swinging around and all of this, he's he's so comfortable there. Yeah. Like I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> you wish you could have swung around on all those beams and ropes and then like fallen. And... I wish I could have gone up there. Like we saw the ground floor, and we did actually get to go up to like the the little gap in between Notre Dame. We got to see out on the city. Yes, unfortunately, we didn't get to go among the bells because I mean, obviously, you're not gonna. Sit there and turn a bunch of high school girls loose among bells. No, it seems that's like gonna a, end bad. It seems like a very bad idea. Um, <laughs> well, we got to see the city and it was beautiful. Which, like, do do the people know about Quasimodo? Because during the Festival of Fools, it seems like it feels I like think, they've never seen him before. You would think they should. I think that, like, when he's like in the church, they got the people praying see him, and they're just like, "Hey, get back to your attic." I think it's like kind of how local folklore legends work here it's like you know they exist but to see they actually exist is something entirely different yeah like i think people know about the bell ringer but i don't think they know the specifics like i think there's all sorts of rumors about who the bell ringer is you know he's 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 like an urban legend yeah well because like like, generally you know you know about the pope lake monster Mm -hmm. you know about the (laughs) You know about the goat man. No, seriously, he's called the Pope Lick Monster. He's the goat man. But at the same time, if you come face to face, you're like, what the fuck are you? Well, like, generally, I wouldn't question it, but I think it's right before or right after God Help the Outcasts, when he's down there talking to her, one of the guys praying just, like, turns and yells at him to 
I think way. that he was a church official, maybe. So obviously the people were okay. the church. You know of him, yeah. but you don't know him. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. If he's a church official, that makes sense. They would have... Because I, I feel I'm like at the very least, the Archdeacon was. was probably hanging out with him every now and then. So... Unfortunately, we are immediately undermined by Jason Alexander Gargoyle, who arrives uh, very quickly. Um, we have we have a very we have a very nice scene too. Like yeah, we have a very touching scene with yeah, him. He's babying the little baby bird, and all of a sudden, nope, Jason Alexander. Yeah, you know, they, so he's like he's asked, he's like talking to this little baby bird. He's like, "Are you gonna fly today?" You know. And then encourages them to help him fly. And then the fucking Jason Alexander gargoyle crashes into the scene and does armpit farts. God. Yeah. Um, Wine, women, and song. Yep. Fuck you. And, blah, 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 and cut the cheese. Like, why is... Just why? why? Is that necessary? This... Uh, we talked about the, the like, tension of, of between, like, being a Disney movie and being a, a, a serious film in Treasure Planet... Uh, this movie has it way more than Treasure Planet does. Like, yeah, this Short is... Robert or the Martin Short robot at least did shit. Yeah, at least it was Jason important. Alexander Gawel does not. And also, at least the, the Martin Short robot was only in the third act. He's only in the movie for like thirty minutes. This right. dude, however, oh my god, just keeps popping up. He shows himself in at the first, and it's like, oh my god. And it's so distracting. The freaking guy like you. No, that musical number did not have to be in this. Like Aladdin, I think Aladdin just broke the fucking Disney execs' brains. Well, where no, Aladdin, even then, all the musical numbers fit. But in this one, yeah, you know, God help the outcast. Yeah, yeah, but listen, there, listen, you're thinking like a, you're thinking like a normal, you're thinking like a normal person here. You're thinking like someone with a functioning brain. You have to think like an, you have to think like an executive. You have to think like an executive. And what they see when they look at Aladdin is, we made big money with Robin Williams as the funny genie. Thus. We should and put Funny Man is, in every movie. Hate. Yep. Hate it. Hate. Granted, The Bells of Notre Dame does have a very similar feel to uh, to Arabian Nights. Yeah. But in it's terms like, of the seriously, setup. I mean, but aside Jesus, from that. Even The Court of Miracles and The Bells of Notre Dame and God Help the Outcast. But no, you have to sit there and fucking stick in yeah. a guy like you. It is it's so wild. You. It is so thematically like dissonant and aesthetically it dissonant from everything belong. else yeah it's one of those ones like if you buy more recent dvd copies of um beauty and the beast and a few others it'll be like oh this was a song that was in the movie but we cut it so now you can watch it as a bonus feature that's yeah, what sh this should have gotten yeah it should have been cut i'm uh, gonna dance around my room and say i hate you all right <laughs> so um, enough with the Jason Alexander gargle. He's here. He's awful. Luckily, um, Frollo arrives. Unfortunately, we have to get over him. Yeah, Frollo arrives to have lunch with Quasimodo. Um, and the gargoyles become inert. It's Toy Story rules. And, yeah, basically. um, Frollo, he comes to have lunch with Quasimodo. Does he say every day or is it every week? Um, I think it might be every day. I don't know. So, it sounds like every week. So, he... 
obviously this is like an established ritual that they have. Quasimodo goes to fetch uh, the, the plates, and of course Frollo has fine silver, and Quasimodo has like shitty wooden bowl and cup. So, you know. Yeah, because like anyone would do with someone that they're raising as their own son, you use uh-huh. them as your waiter. And just like you would do with your when you're raising someone as your own as your own son, uh, you you teach them the alphabet with you know A for abomination, B oh my for God. blasphemy, blasphemy. <laughs> like uh, it C contrition, yeah, D damnation, <laughs> D eternal damnation, <laughs> and then F uh, he says festival because Quasimodo has been looking down on the festival of fools uh, being set up and like. Man, he's tired of just sitting up here and watching, and he really wants to go. Um, yeah, because that's the thing, is they do say somewhere somewhere in here that it's been 20 years since that opening scene. So he's seen 20 of these things that he just had to watch before. as a spectator. Yep, he just had to watch. Uh, during that time, he's gotten really good at wood carving and hand painting, though. Yeah, to be fair. Um, pretty good. Um, but Frollo is like, no, you... You don't want to go there. I mean, I go every year, but that's because I'm a public official and I have to, and I hate it. He feeds into staying here. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, which <sighs> which has the fucking the the fucking you are deformed. I am deformed, and you are ugly, and I am ugly. Well, uh, lines. And if you listen to that, that is totally lines that are fed back from somebody that has been abused oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i'm your only friend you are my one defender yep yeah like oh my yeah. god if he has frollo this kid before yeah frollo and mother golfo could compare notes holy shit dude frollo and mother golfo will be like happy family Mother Gospel is, is Gaslight it's Gatekeep Girl up. Boss. Uh, Frollo <laughs> is Manipulate Mansplain Male Wife. There we go. That was it. Okay. Um, Forgot the guy version. Wait, say what now? I said Mother Gospel is Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. Therefore, uh-huh. Frollo is Manipulate Mansplain Male Wife. Agree. So, <laughs> totally agree. Frollo, yeah, so Frollo has, uh, tell, we, we learned that Frollo has lied completely about uh, Quasimodo's mother. He says, oh, the well, she abandoned you because that's what her people do. Um, and like, <laughs> yep, <coughs> yep, uh huh. So, sorry. Like, he has just been forcing Quasimodo to stay in this bell tower because you know the world will never accept you. Um, only I will accept you. And he says, "All right, no, just do you. You are for me. Do not go I to mean, the festival." Seriously, the original book, though. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> And, Have you got um, to feel like the whole she abandoned you thing wouldn't hold up? Because the Archdeacon, like, took her to bury somewhere. Theoretically, I would assume probably, like, a pauper's grave near I assume Notre Dame. So I kind of feel like he would have, like, at the some point said book is Esmeralda's daughter, or her mother, her daughter was taken. She finally finds her daughter. She's like, oh my god, I'm going to protect you. And Esmeralda screams for help for Phoebus, and Phoebus is like, dude, I tap that, I'm done. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what it is. Oh, I, yeah, I knew that part. <sighs> but, yeah, like, I feel she like... Dies, Esmeralda dies, and it's like, okay, cool, you're hung, you die, Quasimodo dies holding you. The, uh... And, like, literally years down the road, they try to part your skeletons, and they don't. The, like, 
I think the 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 original story is like much more about the cathedral and that it's sort of like it, it is overseeing all of like these all, these all of things, these petty yeah. things that the men do. The original story is with Notre Dame. And yeah. like it will still be there long after all of this is over. Um that that makes sense actually. I can, this I can see that as a set piece. Is much more concerned with with those petty things and it doesn't think they're petty and all all of this sort of stuff because you can't you cannot you could not put a make a straight adaptation of of Hunchback into a Disney movie. Um, Hell no. In fact, I don't I'll, I'll tell you guys seeing the cathedral in person and seeing it like in you see the stone glass, you see everything. That really is something else. I bet. You a, can't not say it. It's a grand it some, No, it really is like Okay, so I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm agnostic, at the most. I see Notre Dame and I'm like, holy shit! I'm gonna sit. Yeah. I'm gonna watch this. Yep. It's like uh, it, it is awesome in the in the old sense of the word. Yeah. And meant to inspire it's awe. Um, yeah, gothic yeah. architecture like had it had some. Some stuff that it knew what it was doing. Which, of course, Victor Hugo thought, too. And in, and in his time, the cathedral was in disrepair because no one was keeping it up. So he wrote that book to try and get people to, like, care about the cathedral again. Um, oh, okay. And his drama was beautiful. It really was. And uh, so that, that's why it he wrote that. It is. Yep. <laughs> and... But yeah, this, this movie has different thematic goals, which I think it does fairly well. Um... Other than the Jason Alexander gargoyle, nah. But you know, we Poe body's perfect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the is, actual like themes in the movie, it does a pretty good job with. This is when we we find we we cut down to the streets. Um, I think we see we see Phoebus uh, walk back and uh, coming back in. And he's like, "Jeez, yes." Did they fucking change the city in the last twenty years? Um, I know, I love that. I do like that part. Which, by the way, I misspelled his name. I was spelling it like the Pokemon. Ah. I don't know why. You're doing Doesn't make what? any sense. I was spelling Phoebus's name like the fucking Pokemon. F e e b a s. Oh man, we gotta get his beauty level up. Yeah, we gotta get his beauty level up to uh, turn him into a big, beautiful sea serpent. Honestly, Phoebus is a good character, but better movie if that. Is- <laughs> if he if he if he turns into a big sea serpent at the climax, yeah, pretty good. Hell yeah. Um, so he's back, and he stumbles upon a couple of these guards uh, harassing yeah. a Romani lady doing some street performance. Um, I- one of the guards is Patrick Star, the 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 bald one. Yeah, that fucked with me until like. We looked at the cast and I can and I confirmed it. It's not extreme. Damn. Are you okay? What? Are you okay? You're, you good? Everything's good. Who's the other guy? Ah. Uh, the other guy is Corey Burton, who is a a another like voice acting standard. He was in a lot of shit, but he is most familiar to me as Shockwave on the original Transformers. Um, ah, okay. He was nice. also Brainiac in the Justice League, so he's usually pl- he he often plays like the sort of emotionless, uh, cold-hearted, logical guys. But in this, he's just some guard with a mustache. 
Um, and they're trying to arrest this lady. Uh, oh shit, but, he was Mole. Yes. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> she's the girl boss and she owns them completely. Um, she and her goat. Yes, what was the fun stuff? Um, and Cosimodo is singing out there. We oh, can yeah. see Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. We can see Pumba from The Lion King, and we can see the carpet from Aladdin. Yeah, um, okay, that's right. I completely forgot about the I Want song, because I, I even wrote, like, well, it's a nice song, but Dude, we, we how all... How can you skip that, though? We always get those. Like, I, I just, like, it's a, it's, a, it's your standard Disney I Want song. It does sound grander than most but because of gorgeous, this, like... Though. Yeah, the music like, is, song, like... It matches. It's like bells, it's um like the, the, the organs, like the, the actual score of this movie is very grand, uh fitting. This movie enough. came out in this movie came out in ninety six and the animation for that scene still yes. looks really fucking good. Oh it looks great. Uh well there's some weird looking CGI people in crowd shots later yeah. on, but you know. <laughs> I'll, yeah. We'll get there. Take it and love it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, we so we we so, find out Phoebus has got the jokes. Mm-hmm. I like Phoebus. He's he's. I like it. I think he's a he's a pretty fun character in this movie. I think they yeah. really. I like him a lot better in the Disney movie in the original yeah. novel series. He's a douche. Yeah. Well, I think he's not supposed it's to be likable in that book. Um, no, I get the he's feeling horrible. he's not. Like I read the kid version, and he was still horrible. In this, he's like the he's he's sort of the 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 jock kind of guy, but he's also very charming yeah. and witty and kind-hearted. Um, and he, you know, he uh, saves us. Well, he like distracts these guards to allow Esmeralda to slip away. Um, has the horse sit on one of them? Using like a lot of shit. Yep. And um, so he uh, goes to meet the guy who who called him back to hire him. Uh, yes. Our friend oh, Judge Podfrolo. We get one of my two favorite jokes from Phoebus. His horse's name is Achilles, and of course, yes. as he walks off, he says Achilles' heel. Yep, pretty good. Very, <laughs> very good joke there. So we get, we see Frollo in the fucking Palace of Justice. He's torturing a guy. Um, which I don't know if this is supposed to be what you take from it. man into shape. But the way that the scene is framed with him saying the previous captain of the guard was such a disappointment, is that just oh, yeah. supposed to be getting tortured off screen? Yeah, that's definitely yeah, hey. him. Okay, because um, that was what I took from it, and I was like, wait. Yes, no, that's the whole thing. Is He is totally being tortured off screen. Yeah. Okay. And Frollo's loving I, it. So, whole, I hope you'll whip my man into shape yep. and keep screaming. Yep. Yeah. And Phoebus is looking very nervous. So here's a few things we know about Frollo uh, from uh, from now. So one, he was is perfectly willing to kill a baby. Two, loves to do murder. Three, torture. Big fan of it. And then we learn something else yeah. when he takes Phoebus out onto the balcony. He's like, look at all this fucking wretched sin uh, perverting this the good city of Paris. I want to do a genocide. Yeah, oh my so god, he really they, does. They, ha- they call it a nest, if you will. Yeah. sort of miracles. And like... And what does he do? He mooshes the entire tile down. And like... He is literally, you know, I've, I've been dealing with our problem one by one, and he's squishing ants with his thumb. And Phoebus is just like, oh, God. Okay. 
I'm not a huge fan of this the guy. I'm with now. Cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is the guy who... Uh... Also, they say uh, the Phoebus has been called back from the wars, I think. Those are the Crusades. The cru- okay, One that's them. what I was wondering. His callback from the Crusades, I think you're right. Like, okay, I this didn't movie... remember what year any of this was well, supposed to be. So he I mentions sure. being called back. Yes. This movie takes place somewhere in the 1400s. I would say, yeah, he's been called back. So either the Crusades or some other, like, eh. stupid medieval European war. There were a lot of them fought over various things. Um, but Phoebus has been called back from one of them to lead, to be the, the new lead, the spearhead, this, uh, operation Frollo is doing to, uh, you know, wipe out every Romani person in the city. Just normal shit. So Frollo, let's talk about Frollo now. Because... Do we have to? He's not yes. bad, he's so That's bad. he is, to start with. So Frollo, I think, is a very interesting Disney villain because yeah. he has all of the camp and theatrics of his contemporaries, right? Like, you think of Ursula, Scar, like, these big, dramatic, arch-like villain figures. Yeah. But he's messed but, up. But, but what he doesn't have is, like, all of their goals are always cartoonishly big. I yeah. want to take over the world and all of that, but, like... The- thing about Frollo is that he pairs that all of that with Laver he is very much a recognizable and understandable evil and is just like he says he's fucked up he admitted that he's fucked up but at the same time he doesn't want to admit it nope <laughs> he is um we'll have a whole villain song about that later um <laughs> and this is Frollo is a villain you cannot really put into like Disney crossover stuff like, you will not see Frollo popping up in House of Mouse or anything like that. Oh, hell no. Frollo is a very singular figure. Frollo is this like I mean first of all it's it's remarkable that Disney was like we're going to have a fucking movie. One of our movies is just going to be all about religion and sin. And, like, we're going to have a song called Hellfire, and we're going to put it out in theaters, and there's going to be a Burger King kids toy tie-in. Oh, shit, that's right, they did do that. That's right, you you could get a Quasimodo doll, and I'm sure you could get, like, a funny Jason Alexander Gargoyle toy that, like, did the the armpit fart. Um, Uh, Probably. And so, Frollo is just a very fascinating villain. He's a great villain, but he is not, like, enjoyable in the ways that the other renaissance disney villains are like gaston as yeah. another example we love yeah. gaston is a huge asshole like giant prick but man is he fun just to, everyone loves that fucking villain song um and i love hellfire but for very very different reasons <laughs> so let's see oh yeah so it's time it's time for the feast of fools um this is a great song some very fun sight gags where everything is topsy-turvy Okay, that is the title, Topsy Turvy. I guess I'm going to say Topsy Turvy Day. I didn't write anything down in specific, but, like... It's very fun. <laughs> it's just a great mood. Clopping back. Uh, he's singing. He's dancing. He's cavorting. Jesters, <laughs> they love to cavort. They, yeah. Big fans of cavorting. And Quasimodo is sneaking down. He's He is uh, defying Frollo's wish, and he, he he's going to go to this damn festival. Uh, everyone thinks he is like wearing a mask. I think like no no one seems yeah. to notice or care about him because they think he's in costume. 
Yeah, well, he's also doing the whole, like, uh, cover my face so no one actually sees me thing. But, yeah, because he accidentally, like, he accidentally, like, tears his way into the tent where Esmeralda's getting chained. Yes. He's the one that actually, like, calls it out. She's yeah, like, so Esmeralda, she, he falls into Esmeralda's tent when while she's changing. Um... And is Esmeralda says, "Oh, this is a neat mask, man. Uh, pretty good." Uh, not n- not recognizing, you know, his, his actual physical deformity. And let's, as a side note, Jolly seems to because they have him recoil every time he sees yes. Esmeralda. The goat, the goat understands. Esmeralda doesn't. Um, Jolly, I love him. What a great! Not guy. in the way that the yeah, Jason Alexander right. gargoyle does. Jolly. Not not in the fucking Jason Alexander gargoyle way. That's that's the weirdest running gag. I don't know why. I don't Dude, understand I don't it. Hate you. I don't know why they put that in this movie. I don't, I don't, I don't know. get it. Why do you do that? Um, but yes. So I think it's about time we should also talk about something uh, regarding Esmeralda. So. Disney has this thing that uh, they in their in their sort of princess can. I don't think Esmeralda is necessarily counted among that, but you know, she she wouldn't be a princess. She is among the she she feels kind of the same a similar like narrative role in this movie, Um, and Disney has a real issue with over sexualizing the their 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 brown princesses and i think this esmeralda is the worst offender i think because they blatantly like they sexualized this princess or if you want to call her a princess they hey. really did compared yeah. to what they did with other people and it is like yeah, like it is narratively important as well but it is definitely the the, the scene where she is dancing um which, to be like, fair, they make look real good, again, in terms of the It animation. looks great. They, also, boy, howdy, the animators were having a little bit of fun. They didn't do that with any of the other princesses. No, you yeah. will not find that with Ariel or Snow White or anything like that. No, they totally uh, over... Ooh. If you want to talk about it, they overly sexualized this person. And Jasmine and Pocahontas. Like, this, this keeps happening. Um... No, they even did it more with this. Yes, but this is like the biggest defender. This is the one that is like the, where it stands out the most. The other two are like yeah. definitely in I mean, terms of their friggin' says witchcraft. Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, um, he keeps accusing her of witchcraft. And like I like I said, it is like narratively important to the film that she is like a sexualized figure and that she is a sexual sort of person. Um, it's just. Yeah. Weird uh, that you do that with your your first, you know, big Romani character, and you draw her like that. It's I don't know. We, there are this movie is is kind of like it's of two minds about its whole because this movie is definitely a lot about social justice and standing up against structural oppression. Um, there's a whole song about it. Um, and Esmeralda's character is is very much about that. I mean, they but, literally have her just shout justice. Yeah, that she literally just <laughs> shouts justice. It's it's a, it's about as apparent as anything could be. Um, and there's a lot of talk about how the, we are more than what they they say we are. 
you know, all of all of the stuff about all Romani being evil, it's all bullshit. At the same time, they do like to uphold stereotypes. Yeah, a little bit. <sighs> and I'm not sure you can have your how much how much you can have your cake and eat it too. But it's not terrible. Most of it comes in the Court of Miracles segment, I think. Yeah, which is odd. Also, um, not as big a part of the movie as I always remember it being. No, it's very brief. Um, do what? Cat, do what? I'm trying to say, like, as a younger child, I tried to dress up as Esmeralda. They tried to put me immediately in the red child, or, you know what I mean, like, the red friggin'. Brown face? What? Red costume, yes. Oh, oh. The, red, oh the red dress costume. Yeah, the oh, that, and they were like, "Oh, you know, be Esmeralda, be all this, be so seductive." I'm like, "I'm five. That's weird." I'm like, "I'm like, I'm thirteen. Why?" <laughs> Please no. There is so much like sex and violence and religion and all this stuff in this movie that Disney would never touch today. Um, like. And I don't think its inclusion is necessarily bad. Like, her being this this sort of sexual being is not inherently yeah. bad. I just it's, think the way that it is handled is somewhat uneven. It's being yeah, grown, get... it's like, oh my god, this is so not okay now. Yeah, um, well, even the framing, because like, we get a similar thing toward her during hellfire but like yes. because that's framed as jesus right frollo being horny and evil i feel like it works better there yes that works like, there you are literally saying if i don't fuck you then you're gonna be denied yeah frollo yeah <laughs> frollo's like relationship to that is well done i think his care the way his character responds to it is is, is like yeah, okay, this makes sense, this is good, like, him being this fucking huge creep, this huge repressed, like, asshole who was willing to just fucking literally burn the city to the ground. Um, and, like, they, like, the original, uh, the original novel thing is like, okay, yeah, he gets it, he gets it. You get to the Disney, it's like, okay, no, fuck you. But, uh, oh. I think there are a few, definitely a few, like bits where Esmeralda's I think maybe where it is is like the stuff with Quasimodo is maybe weirder um with him trying fucking shit to like get her uh which is like yeah. very strange which again comes more from the gargoyles pushing it and like why guys yeah um we'll get there so we need to talk about so Frollo's at the Feast of Fools I like that he is literally carted around in a giant yeah. windowless metal box. God, He right. doesn't want to look at any of this. All these motherfuckers having fun and doing sin? Disgusting. I'm going to stay in my fucking metal box with no windows because I'm the world's <laughs> most joyless man. He he put himself in horny jail. He did. That's what he, that's what he maybe he should have tried harder. Um it would have solved a lot of problems in this movie God. if he had just stayed in there. But uh he's he is like 
in this big tent covered with like completely in the shade, just sort of watching um, from like the uh, the 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 very like the the sort of outskirts of it, and just having a horrible time. <laughs> um, the, and one of the big like. Come on, guys! What are we doing here? Moments is when uh, Esmeralda starts dancing, and and uh, Frollo's like, "Look at that wretched display!" And Phoebe's like, and "Yes, Phoebe's sir." Like, yes, sir. It's like, all right, come on now. <laughs> okay. I do okay. think that I do think that Phoebus and Esmeralda's like romance is pretty all right. Um, yeah, like they're they have a charming rapport after a certain point. Yeah, and I like that for once. It's not. I mean, it, I guess it feels a little weird that it's the one that's like physically disabled to an extent, but I do like that for once it's not I'm the sorry, main character in the girl. I think the stuff with Quasi is like, we'll get there. Um, it's kind of weird. So we got Esmeralda dancing. Um, Shaking it on her. Uh, Frollo is going, is ba- if Frollo tries to stop the whole show, uh, he gets too horny and, and has to, <laughs> he has to fucking put himself in horny jail. Uh, Esmeralda, does like you know she's cool epic girl boss moments owns all the guards does like fucking cool illusions to escape uh which follows like witchcraft yeah <laughs> she does just a, like a basic smoke bomb and he's like witchery fucking you think frollo has ever seen any you. you think frollo has ever seen anything interesting in his life hell no i think he could blow his mind with like up close card magic yeah, if you do a card trick, he'd fucking burn you at the stake. Um, so she escapes, uh, but but Quasimodo. Uh, or no, we actually got ahead of her. We got out of order because she escapes after what happens with Quasimodo, which okay. is it's time to crown the king of fools. Who has who can make the ugliest face? Um, <laughs> all of these dudes taking their masks off and just going. Bruh! Yeah, they're all doing the like. What is that called? There there is a word for it, but I can never remember like what it is but uh, regardless of course they esmeralda tries to pull off quasimodo's mask and it's of course it's not a mask um and at, at first he's uh, afraid exposition? Hmm? exposition exposition making faces oh <laughs> um, like feed you shit it's um yeah i guess maybe it's like but there's like a way like they're, they're twisting their faces in a very particular way that i know there's a word for i don't know Hmm. I remember reading it in Guinness Book of World Records, but like, they're mugging. They're just mugging. Um, but there Quasimodo, we go. whatever, fuck it. She tries to pull his mask off. There's no mask, and there's like this. Oh, there. Everyone kind of reacts in horror. Then he's crowned the king of fools, and he's having a great time. He loves it. Everyone, everyone thinks he's a, he's great. Somehow Frollo doesn't notice this yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's because he's um, not looking. He's like, no, I can't see it. He's other. still thinking about that dance. I think that's the problem. Um, there we go. So, but he only notices until, he doesn't notice until, of course, the crowd turns and uh, Quasimodo has turned into an object of ridicule, which is started by the guards. Um, yeah. The ones who kind of turn the mood of the crowd. This is where it first got me. I think the, I think it was the Patrick Star guard. Yes. Like they they are the ones who sort of begin this shift, where he is like tied down with ropes and pelted with fucking fruit. It's a yeah. rough scene. Yeah. Once it starts, these people went from like praising him to throwing stuff at him real yep. damn fast. It's um, like sort of just sort of the fickleness of the crowd and and the fine line between 
you ridicule and praise all of sort of thing and and he is begging Frollo to intervene but Frollo is, is will will not help him uh, he believes that you know you need to uh, he, he directly says like Phoebe's like I I I should want I want to stop this this is terrible and Frollo's like no no he has to learn a lesson um, so but the person who does step up to help him is Esmeralda who uh, who unties him. And and shames the crowd for their for their fucking behavior. Um, this is where we get her her trait her her main character trait. Like she she is the one who is concerned with the plight of her people. She is all about justice and kindness and all of this. Yeah, Frollo says a lesson must be learned here. It's like, buddy, a lesson's gonna be learned, but I don't think it's the one you want. I think he's learned the lesson. Uh, the lesson is don't disobey Frollo. Is the lesson he's trying to teach. So. Uh, she helps Quasimodo escape, but in retribution, uh, Frollo tries to hunt her down. Um, she has a whole guard looking for her, and uh, she she takes sanctuary in Notre Dame, or she hides in Notre Dame. She doesn't take sanctuary there. Phoebus is there because she she chases Quasimodo, who like flees from her. Um, yeah, not thinking that she would be horrified by him, but she just wants to talk. Phoebus is there in the cathedral, and they have, like, a, a cool, flirty fight. Uh, she tries to hit him in the balls. There's a lot of nut shots in this movie, by the way. Aren't there, though? What the hell? There's, like, four of them. Um, uh, I think she she even gives a couple of her, the pursuing guards a nut shot in, in the Probably previous scene. Like uh, maybe the goat does. Someone gets their, their balls exploded in that scene. The goat... <laughs> I know the goat headbutts Phoebus because that's when yes. we get my favorite joke of his, which is that he says, I didn't know you had a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I love I that like line. It. I didn't know you right. had a kid. Um, but yeah, they, they, they have a fight. Um, but Phoebus, it's clear that Phoebus is, doesn't really want, want to arrest her at all. Like He doesn't give a shit about any of this stuff, all, all any of Frollo's nonsense. Um, and once... He's like, all right, listen, I I am not going to tell anybody you're here. You can just hide out here, like, you're you're good. Um, and but but then Frollo bursts and is like, ah, you let her write to me. And he was like, no, I didn't. I didn't do any such thing. This is like the he pulls this thing twice in this movie. Yeah, this is like Frollo's main trick is just this is following signature someone move. to where he wants to go. Um, and Phoebus is just like, good. Gotta declare sanctuary. Please do, do it. it. Um, say the thing. And she doesn't say it, so he's just like, "I can't do anything, boss." She declared sanctuary. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oops. She won't, so he declares sanctuary. For her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "My hands are tied," but Frollo is ready to fucking throw all that away and just grab her. Um, yeah, like he doesn't he straight up tell the guards to just drag her outside and arrest her then. Yes, but then the deacon shows back up. I was like, All right, how many times do I have to tell you this, old man? You have to respect Sanctuary. But this is when Frollo says some fucking insane shit. Yeah, oh my god. Um, Which they didn't have her quote to Quasimodo later. So, If you're talking about the same line, I think you are. So first of all, he smells her hair, which is mm. creep move number one. And she's even like, what the fuck are you doing? Um... And Frollo responds with, I'm just imagining a rope around that beautiful neck. Bro, what? Stop. <laughs> no. What? Like, 
Holy shit, Frollo. Um, this is when the deacon kicks him out. Um, also, I, I remember what the nutshot was. The, a stilt man kicks a lot ah, of guns in the dick. There's a weird propensity of, in this movie for a lot of the action scenes to be ex- like exceedingly Looney Tunes. Um, <laughs> it's because of how dark the rest of it is. They're like, we which is a, I, it's a problem later on with the gargoyles and the the final like stand at Notre Dame. But we'll we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but Frollo posts guards all over the cathedral, so if she tries to slip away, uh, she will be caught. Um, he says, like, your people don't do well inside stone boxes, all of this sort of stuff, and he, uh, he leaves. So she is, for now, trapped inside Notre Dame. Hooray! She is safe, though. Um, but this is where we get God Help the Outcasts. She, um... She decides to try out praying for once. And uh, we, we get a lot of moments of her set apart from the rest of the Parisians. Like, at one point she is literally walking alone in a separate direction from all of the other parishioners. Yeah, um, which is friend really well. Who are all praying for fame and fortune and all of the, all of this kind of selfish stuff, right? Yeah. Um, whereas she is praying for the salvation of her people. And uh, safety and all of this, and it's just—it's just a really good song, is the thing. It's oh, just quite good. Hang on. All right, back at it again in the Notre Dame. Uh, it's been a, a couple of days. We had to uh, uh, abandon the recording. Uh, Fro- turns out Frollo also hates podcasters, so which you know, we I mean, to... you know, not surprising. Yep, so I we had to uh, hide from the, the Parisian guard. But we're back. We're back to talk more about uh, God Help the Outcasts, which is just a, a beautiful little song that sort of... very uh, good. More, you know, it establishes more of Esmeralda's character, her, her like, very much kind-heartedness and her empathy for the plight of, of people. Yeah. I like how they contrast her because, you know, in the film, they're saying, you know, oh, the, you know, her people are, you know, they're greedy. They'll steal you blind. And her whole thing in the song is talking about helping the other people. Whereas all is, you know, the supposedly well-to-do people are talking about stuff yeah. that yes, and they she is want. actually set apart visually from them as well. She is walking one way down this corridor uh, while everyone else is walking another way. Yeah, the framing of this scene is really good. And, uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just all about the... The, uh, she's just she's uh, just turning to prayer for once to to uh, sort of beg for the the plight of the Roma people, beg for the salvation of her people. Um, it's very it's a very sort of arresting song. I cannot believe this is in the same movie as the, I'm losing to a bird. Yeah, right. Ugh. Just some of the gargoyle bits are kind of funny but just then they throw in freaking Jason Alexander gargoyle See the thing is the there are some funny gargoyle bits none yeah, of like, them involve Hugo Yeah the other two I could yeah. live with it would have been fine Um let's yeah. see so let me let me just um yeah I'm just I'm just going down my uh my my <laughs> notes here one thing I forgot to mention during the the last <laughs> recording before Frollo set our our studio on fire is um <laughs> During the Feast of Fools, when we, we were talking a bit about how sexualized Esmeralda is as a character, 
She does literally do a pole dance routine. Oh, crap, that's right, yeah. Yes, she does. She grabs a spear and does a pole dancing routine. Calm down, animators. (sighs) Do you need a cold shower? They, yeah, probably (laughs) did after. Need a smoke? This entire movie, jeez. Someone get them a glass of water. Good lord. Um... So then she, uh, the, the song kind of ends. Fra- uh, Quasimodo is just sort of kind of following her and watching her from the rafters. Yeah, um, it's, I honestly sort of forget that he's there throughout the scene. Yeah, until she notices him. It's like, oh, hey, wait, and I, want, I wanted to apologize to you about the way the crowd treated you. But he is like just sort of fleeing from her instinctually. Uh, this is the bit where he like stumbles out onto the main floor of the cathedral and people yell at him to get back up to the bell tower. Yeah. Yeah, like, didn't even do enough trouble um, earlier. Maybe that's why people know about him now, because he was, he was such a spectacle as, like, oh, yeah, that's that's the hunchback in the bell tower. We know about him now. He's no longer a cryptid. He's just a guy. <laughs> you either die a cryptid or live long enough to see yourself just become a guy. Although I also want to point out, they they blame Quasimodo for causing all the trouble earlier, and it's like, he was doing fine. It was the well, crowd you know. that caused all the shitstorm. Medieval Patrick Starr. Well, clearly he is the deformed well, one. Therefore, he is made of sin. Therefore, it's his fault. I don't see what exactly. the problem is here. Um, it adds up. It all adds up. The math checks out. So <laughs> uh, they they kind of walk go up the, um, the the bell tower like Quasimodo was like, "Listen, uh, it'll probably be safer for you up here than down on the floor of the cathedral." And uh, we she just kind of gets to see Quasimodo's setup, all of the wood carving and painting he does. It's uh, it's quite nice. And along with we've mentioned before, and we'll continue to do so, how terrible the Jason Alexander gargoyle is. Oh, this is the worst one. This is the one he, where he starts being like, horny for the goat. Yeah. Well, Why? It's not even just that. Like he, yeah. you know, makes a face at the goat, and the goat reacts. Yeah, the, having the goat react uh, is a step too far. I don't... I, I don't understand. These, why is the, these guys, I don't know. Why is that in this movie? At all. Why Why is the Jason Alexander in, uh, gargoyle, gargoyle in this movie to begin with? I mean, we know the answer. The answer uh, is, well, people like Genie. Yeah. So... And, you know, it's why did, you know, Treasure Planet or Mark Short Robot. Uh, I feel like one of the... I feel like not every Disney Renaissance movie was suffered from this. Like, But, like, they, a good chunk of them did to varying degrees because... I really I used think... I like him when I was a kid, but now I'm thinking about Scuttle in uh, Mermaid. The They are, like, the huge... This movie has a serious problem with tone and spots, and they are the, they are the harbingers of the tone issues for the most God. part. Like, man... Uh, so, like, is so we we kind of uh, get the uh, like so all right. So, let me re let me re re reconfigure and look at my notes here because this is where mm-hmm. they kind of had their rooftop, uh, like conversation where we're causing Winter Esmeralda talk, and yeah. he's the one who's like, well, you know, I heard you know, Frollo is always telling me about how the Ro- the Romani are like evil and greedy, and it's like Esmeralda's like, well. I'm not, so mm-hmm. why would everyone else be? Uh, kind of, maybe you shouldn't trust everything that weirdo tells you. Yeah, and they do what to me was a really sweet scene of him saying that he's a monster and her like doing a faux palm reading on him. I really liked that. It was I a did cute too. moment. Yeah. It comes back later. 
it's good. Like, like so, the relationship between Esmeralda and and Quasimodo is very sweet. I I have seen lots of like complaints about or not, not lots, but I've seen a a complaint that they do not end up together in the movie, and it is instead Phoebus. But like, I don't. I mean, considering the source material, they didn't either. So that. literally in death, and that's only because Esmeralda yep. was and already like, dead. I don't think it is necessary for the thematics of his of this film and Quasimodo's character arc. Yeah, for exactly. Him to looking get at, the girl. Yeah, because looking at his arc, I feel like it is a lot more important that he just have a friend at this point. Yeah, like someone to just treat him like a normal person and with with great kindness, because like. It's not. It's not just the bond he makes with her. Also, I really like the uh, the buddy dynamic he gets with Phoebus later in the film. I think <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, that's real good. Um, Phoebus is ultimately, I, I think, a very charming character, and they really could have gone hard into making him like a like a huge jerk uh, closer to the source material. But instead, he's he's just kind of a cool guy. Um, so he's like, all right, listen, I know you don't want to be stuck in this musty church forever, so I'm going to sneak you out and I have the best way to do it. How do you like parkour? <laughs> Quasimodo invented parkour and... We like, we like the Michael yeah. Scott game the episode image, just parkour. Oh man. And God. so, yeah, he just, he just picks her up. Slings her over his shoulders. All right, do not look down. I really like that uh, Esmeralda covers the goat's eyes. I know. With a scarf. Because she's like, okay, this is going to be. <laughs> this is going to suck. Unfortunately, it falls off and, and the goat starts freaking the fuck out. But, you know, she tried. Yeah. So Which I mean, fair. He, he kind of draws the, the attention of some guards. But there's is there a bit where... They, he doesn't slide down the roof and cause sparks to fly everywhere until later in the movie, right? Because there are a couple of Notre Dame parkour scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one with the sparks. Yeah. I think that's towards the So they, he, like, deposits her onto the ground, um, and she gives him a little, like, charm necklace and says, you know what, I, if you follow this, as, as long as you have this, you'll be able to find the Court of Miracles, which is where, where my people live. Uh, and she. It's the when you wear this woven yes. band, you hold the city. Uh, very in obviously hand. setting up that it is a map. Um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, the, ah. I mean, it map. is different. You see, I am very clever. <laughs> I can. This is totally I not am very clever. To be I can identify this thing in this children's movie. <laughs> I will accept my Mensa application whenever they get around to it. I'm sure they're, they're very busy. But. Oh, I'll thank send you. it in the mail. So then we get we transition real smooth into uh, another song, and oh wait, no, hang on a minute. Let's see, not quite yet, right? Let's see because I've got a. Did, oh, we skipped I heavens. Were, I think no, we skipped heavens. Light, song which oh, is, crap, we did. Yeah, because that's like yeah, right after and, she leaves. Well, and you have to include that because it segs yes, into because, the hellfire. So yeah, I've got a um. I got a note here that's just like, no face as hideous as my face is meant for heaven's light is some heavy shit to put in this movie. Like that, that, that line is, is very heavy for this, for the children's film. For yeah. The that Jason Alexander heavy. Gorgoyle film. Right. That line's heavy for most any, any movie, but then, oh, oh yeah. geez, especially Disney. Right. And it's just a wonderful, another, like basically every song save guy, a guy like you is 
the ba- basically the best work Disney has ever made uh, musically, in my opinion. The it it's just so the the grandeur, it, but it, all of it is there, like the grandeur and the sweeping sort of orchestral stuff that you would expect from a story about a cathedral, and yet. The, the personal is never buried under it. The like yeah. the very the sort of painful emotions at the heart of a lot of these songs are never lost. It's all pratic. But right. of course, I forget who it is that said it, but everything perfect or everything must have at least one flaw because only God can be perfect and well. Yep. And so we transition from Heaven's Light to the Palace of Justice. And so I'll just read right here from my notes. Hellfire fucks. <laughs> this Which song is... is good as shit. <laughs> Which is ironic because it's all about how Frollo wants to. Yes. So this is Frollo's villain song. You know, you think about all the other villain songs about like yeah, yeah, um, the the Ursula one, which is just very fun, sort of bouncy, raunchy tune. Yeah, you yeah, got like be prepared. Uh, which is, you know, about about ridding this invasion. So Frollo sings about um, temptation and sin and having a huge crisis of faith um, and is haunted by the specters of hell. Oh, which, uh, yeah. Were they supposed to be just, Inquisitors? No, I think these are just sort of robed. I mean, they could be Inquisitors. They, they have red robes, but I think the Inquisitors had the big, the funny hats. Okay. Um, Exactly. Plus nobody. Exactly. So, it's tr- the the animation in this segment gets real wild with it. Gets real abstract with it. The um, just the way he is like clutching this scarf he he grabbed from Esmeralda. It's all just like Frollo is a character. We talked about this earlier, but like he is so vile in such real ways that it is very hard to include him anywhere else in any disney like stuff because like you you can't he's just too much and ironically enough in his original source material he was still not a good guy but he had (laughs) yeah he had a brother and stuff and like he was definitely still the main villain but one but he wasn't like this yeah. late and like and but and he's just guy. so he is set on just he he will claim ownership over Esmeralda or else you know she will burn in hell it's like choose yeah. me or choose the abyss basically um and right. so after that i i really like it because literally he this is like diegetic the guards find him like passed out because he had some kind of holy vision uh that was that song he's just he's just fucking completely face down on on the on the flagstones absolutely fucked up on the holy ghost and ready to go do some genocide (laughs) and just a little random fact about the song um first off for all of the movie with the exception of esmeralda all the voice actors do their own singing so that is tony jay um, but also he initially wasn't able to reach that final note that slaps. So he actually asked that the key be lowered. Alan Minkin refused. So Tony J had to take voice lessons in order to Holy get that shit. one. Out it worked out. Yeah. I mean, all, I think right? all of the people here are, um, with the exception of Demi Moore are like also big stage actors. Obviously Tony J is a Broadway guy. Right. Um, 
and I was just looking at The guy at who that. plays Quasimodo is a Broadway guy. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, Tom yeah, Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, Tom I, Holmes. Does, does Phoebus sing? I don't. Uh, no, yeah, I figured, he does I, not. Not unless there's a deleted scene out there that we don't know about. Yeah, I, no, I, don't, I didn't think Kevin Klein was a big singing guy. Big acting guy, not a big singing guy. So really. then we get the part where Frollo goes a little wild with it. So he is hell-bent, do you get it, on um, hunting down Esmeralda and, and, and getting her. She, he's going to get her. And he is just, he is going to have he's her. He have must her. have her. And so he is just burning, <laughs> literally burning a path through Paris. It is... Yeah. And all the is, while trying to bribe other Romani into like selling her out. And you know, it's just, yep. it's so weird how this unscrupulous band of like bandits and I don't know, no good nicks are not taking money in exchange for one of their own. It's just, it's, it's weird to me how these people with no morals would be the ones not selling somebody out. Hmm. That doesn't add up. The math doesn't check out. Um, yeah. Frollo, this part where he is just arresting people left and right and and all the while phoebus is just kind of trailing behind him growing more and more disgusted with with his actions until finally the last straw happens so he, he reaches a farmhouse and this family is, is sheltering some roma within the their their house um or frollo claims that they are i think yeah like he um, he asks if they ever do and the the dad is basically like i mean we give shelters to shelter to anyone that's passing by so maybe yeah I don't, I don't think at this particular time i don't think that they yeah, were so like, well that's basically the admission of guilt i'm putting you under house arrest you can't leave and he walks out the door puts a spear in front of it like locks it with a spear by barring it with like a spear and then just uh says okay well uh phoebus burn it down and he's like what <laughs> phoebus do what now uh, no <laughs> um and he's like i didn't i'm sorry i did not like come all the way here to like raise a like murder families in their house and Frollo says okay well i didn't know i didn't know they invited fucking huge pussies to the crusades i'll do it myself um and just lights the house on fire himself he does it he frollo does don't fuck around yeah, and this like, Phoebus dude. immediately, immediately, like, nope, we're not doing this. He understands that you mu- you cannot work to reform the system from within. you got to quit to do real change, which means shoving Frollo to the ground, breaking the door down, rescuing people, stealing his horse. Oh, yeah, he does. I love, the mo- I love it when he steals the horse, and Frollo's like, shoot him, but don't shoot my horse. <laughs> I know, um, I know. Yeah, don't. I had never caught that until I was watching it for for us doing the episode. Also, fun fact: his name's Snowball. Frollo is such a prick. Like, kill him. Don't shoot my horse. Uh, Phoebus is running, and unfortunately, he gets nailed with an arrow, and just like goes spilling into the into the Seine. Yeah. Um, and Frollo's like, all right, well. He's he's all he's pretty much dead. Uh, we should probably like fish him out of there though and make sure. Um, and all this time, Esmeralda has been in the background using her disguise to sort oh, of yeah, evade I lo- them. 
I love her classic, so much. Yeah, the classic, you know, hunched over old man with uh, with her goat standing on her head and a cloak over them. The standard. So she sees this and she fishes uh, our our handsome little pin cushion out of the water. Um, and it's like uh, he she's forever grateful to him. And uh, you know she decides he needs sanctuary, so she is going to bring him to Quasimodo. Which yeah, because he Frollo was pretty almost right. He like looks like he's basically dead right now. He's bleeding. They do. But uh, his wound is bleeding, so that that's some blood in in this film. Uh, so before we get to that, though, uh, it's time uh, for a break. They decide the gargoyles are here, and they're gonna they're gonna turn Quasimodo into the Giga Chad he was always meant to be. It's time for a guy like me. This song fucking sucks. I hate it. Why is this here? I it's, mean, we know why this is here, but oh my god. It is, like, because Quasimodo's like, I don't really need to, like, push Esmeralda into any romantic stuff. And the gargoyle's like, no, you shut the fuck up. You're going to get that girl, whether you like it or not. Yeah. We, like, what is Quasi, happening here? Quasi, we're just gargoyles. We can't go out in society. The only way we're going to get to see anyone fuck is if it's you bringing her up here, so. And, I don't know, it's just a weird jazz number in the middle of this like this would feel I don't understand. perfectly at home in aladdin or hercules or like any of those other films that are that are much lighter and like it's like they just lifted a, a, a number from hercules and just sort of jammed it right here in the middle it doesn't it does not work it is a to- it is a tonal nightmare yeah you know um, honestly if bell had liked uh, Meg, I could see this this number happening. You're right. And also, the visuals are just quite I underwhelming. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't. Y'all, I don't. Like, it's just it's just kind of you know white or, or blank solid color backgrounds, and then there's a piano. That's all I remember. That's all you. Need I do remember there. Laverne <laughs> posing sexy on the piano. I also remember that. Um, um oh they do stick a uh, a little bow tie on Victor. Yep. And after that debacle, <sighs> we uh this is where Esmeralda brings the wounded Phoebus into the cathedral. And, and like see again, something that makes me question the reality of any of these segments, because at when she's like, you know, caring for, for Phoebus, he holds up like the Ace of Hearts that um, Hugo passed to him during the song. The, the gargoyles are it. literally real, though. Like we, they they fight just, at the end of the movie. Exactly. I hate, they're literally I real, and I don't <laughs> know why. I don't know why they're. We'll get there. It would have so, been fine with them being not. It would have also been fine if they were just literally real. But like yeah. it starts off one and moves to the other over the course of the Well movie. yeah, it starts off thinking, okay, well Quasimodo is so lonely he has literally like projected personalities onto these gargoyles and is moving them around. But no, they are just real. Um they do funny like Looney Tunes fighting at the end. So I have here in my notes Quasimodo briefly turns into an incel. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the other thing. Is a guy like you turned Quasimodo into an incel? They. I wouldn't say quiet incel. I mean, you're still allowed to be a little hurt. Yes, when but you the like the I, the fucking melodrama of like so Esmeralda and Phoebus are doing this corny ass flirting. I li- I really like. It's like, wow, uh, you're lucky that Aramor almost pierced your heart. And he's like, I'm not so sure it didn't. It's like, uh, nice, uh. nice. But all the while, <laughs> Quasimodo is in the background, like clutching to a killer and screaming like he's watching a puppy get beaten to death it's like i get it i understand but at the same time this is a bit much uh it's it's it kind of undercuts the emotion he's feeling i think if they went more subtle with it and didn't literally have him rip up the ace of hearts like that just kind of makes it comedic at the end of that it's like I, I can't really take it seriously if you bring the fucking gargoyle shit into this scene. Uh, I know. So, Phoebus is gonna stay in Quasimodo's uh, little fun house, and Esmeralda is gonna head back to the Court of Miracles. So, at a certain point, Frollo realizes that, like, okay, he, he starts do He becomes, like, the, the math lady gif, right? He's like... Well, I had guards at literally every single entrance at the cathedral, so there's no way she could have escaped without being seen, unless that rat bastard betrayed me. (laughs) So, while Phoebus is still recovering, Frollo decides it's time for a little lunchtime visit. Um... There's a very funny bit where Quasimodo just kind of shoves Phoebus under the table. I know. Um, See, this is this is the Looney Tunes shit that's okay because it very much does remind me of like yeah, like this is fine like, comedy. This is this is classic slapstick comedy of uh oh, Dad's home. I gotta hide stuff. Um, just what happened. <laughs> yeah, just. I'm sorry. I just love. It's very funny. It's way funnier than anything Jason Alexander says in this film. So, like, right? He so Frollo arrives, and he is he is just he's acting real normal about it, and he's like, "Oh, you you've uh, you've painted a few more, huh?" It's like this one. And he picks up the Esmeralda figurine, and yes. and Quasimodo is realizing, "Ah, fuck, I've been made." <laughs> And Frollo freaks out on him, just fucking lays into him, um, and is like, I am going to go burn the Court of Miracles to the ground and murder that witch that has seduced you to, the, to <laughs> sin. She seduced you to sin and she seduced me to seduction. But not me! I'm a holy man, you see. I'm not having any impure thoughts at all. I didn't have a whole song about it with like a sexy fire lady. <laughs> above Totes all, above all that. So Phoebus and Quasimodo are like, oh shit. They're gonna go to the Court of Miracles. We gotta fight we gotta get there first and warn them. And so they go on a buddy a little buddy adventure. I, um, God, I just I do. I love this part so much. Yeah, because uh, this Phoebus is is like he liked Quasimodo before, but at this point he's a little bit fed up with his shit. Um, like you're being cryptic, you you kick me in the face a bunch of times. Which yeah, fair. You're acting real weird earlier when I was just getting a smooch from Esmeralda. I don't know what was up with that. 
or that weird anachronistic playing card you tore up. Um, but they they go they. I love the the argument they have where Kazumoto's like, okay, she said as long as I have this, I will be able to find the Court of Miracles. Oh shit, it's a map. And he was like, okay, well clearly this is not a map. This is a necklace. I could watch this argument over and over and never get it's tired It's so of it. fucking funny. Why wasn't there more of this for comedic relief? Like, fuck these gargoyles. I just want more of these two, like, bickering. It's funny. Um, but eventually, Phoebus, Phoebus doesn't, like, accept it, but he just kind of is like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Screw fine. it, fine. <laughs> It's like somewhere in like somewhere in there, Quasimodo says, Look, if anyone knows the city from above, I do. And it's like, you know what? You can't argue that. Fuck it, whatever. We just gotta go, man. So they uh <laughs> the, the the Court of Miracles thing is really weird because it's very rushed. Um like it is in about seven minutes of the film when they get there. Yeah, see, they, remove they the, the gargoyle super... stuff and all the time that was dedicated to that, put it here. Yeah, like just make the movie more tonally consistent and like you can still have jokes and goofs in a movie like this you just have to not do that so this is the part where i'm like all right so the the depiction of the roma people it really does they really want both the why don't you have their cake and eat it too right because this is the bit where we get down to the court of miracles and clopin is there and they're singing about how, like, oh, actually, you know, uh, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, all of this stuff. So, actually, they are all thieves and liars. Yeah. Apparently. And also, some of these character designs down here, I don't know. Um. Very, uh, it's, it, it's, it, it doesn't sit right with me with the rest of the film and Esmeralda's character. I think it is, <sighs> they wanted their fun like rogues nest right yeah but they also wanted to have this like no we're not all thieves and liars and rogues and 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 like scoundrels yeah uh, except that we are um and it just it, it is of two minds and it never really sort of reconciles that at all like we never get the side of the court of miracles. It's like, well, no. It's like we 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 do lots of good. Like, yeah, we with some of us, you know, we 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 have tricks to to get coin, but also like we we do other stuff. We have other interests other than scams and schemes. But also, it's and, it's uh, like that. It's like that guy in JoJo Part Three that was introduced as a beggar and then turns out to be rich. Yeah, it's. It's not great. I don't really like the quarter of miracle segments. It's very short. It's weird that they're going to execute them. Or is all right time for a mock trial? Um, and see again, in fairness, the comedy that works, Clopin's yes. whole little like performance here, very good. Yeah, the like the the putting on the judge hat. Uh, Clopin is very charming. He's a funny guy. Like got a lot of a lot of big energy there. But we really rush through it. Like we get this song. We do the we do the bit. Esmeralda runs and like, do not. What are you doing? They're my friends. They're the ones who like saved me. Yeah. Um, and then well, Frollo comes say in. So? Yeah. Why didn't they? Why didn't they say so? Nope. Frollo's here. So yeah. Obviously, Frollo pulled like the easiest trick in the book on poor Quasimodo. Yeah, you know. Said, I'm gonna go find the. I'm gonna go find the Court of Miracles. Um. 
and he just wa- he, I presumably he just waited outside <laughs> until Quasimodo and Phoebus left, and then just sort of like did the the cartoon sneaking noise behind them until they opened the the stairway. And it's like, all right, boys, yeah. let's get in there. They need to call yeah, the like, spa music. Yeah, imagining Frollo doing that is very funny. So, right. They raid the Court of Miracles. Everybody gets arrested. Everybody. Um, most of them are thrown into prison carts. Uh, yeah. Phoebus alongside them. Um, Quasimodo is taken back to the the cathedral and chained up. And he yeah, is like, like... Quasimodo is really, really torn up about this. Uh, the fact that he led Frollo to, to the Court of Miracles. Um, he is he is just wrecked about it. And they've got, like, fucking ten chains tying him to two different pillars. Yeah. Holy and, shit, dude. But uh, we got Esmeralda's here, and Frollo's gonna burn her at the stake. Uh, he's like, hey, listen. I got a deal for you. If you, if you just uh, be my GF, uh, you'll be fine. And, like, he can't have and, thought this would work, right? Like, there's... I, no way he she, thought she would actually go, you know what, alright. I mean, Frollo is so powerfully deluded and yeah. in denial, like, he might have thought it would work. Yeah, you know, you got me there. Um, I mean, lots of people will do anything to get out of being burned at the stake, but Esmeralda sticks to her principles and fucking spits in his eye. Huh. Excellent. Good shit, and he's just like, "All right, well, she is cho- she has uh, chosen the path of darkness. Uh, light it up." And like, it seems like most of the townspeople aren't really a big fan of this. Like Frollo and his goons love to do genocide, but people like Esmeralda. Um, okay, and okay, Quasimodo yeah. Like for is... some reason, I was having a hard time telling exactly like where the crowd, as far as being Romani the, ended and being just the regular citizens of Paris. Yeah, began. the mood is like it is not jubilant. Um, <laughs> which most which burning shouldn't be, but some of them definitely were. So Quasimodo, like the gargoyles are there, is like, listen, Quasimodo, you're fucking strong as shit. You got like weird super strength. You can you can tear yourself out of these sh- out of these chains. You just you just gotta believe in yourself. Um and that Esmeralda is roasting right now. The the pyre is set, and he just fucking he hulks out of those chains, grabs the bell, uh, grabs the bell rope, and just swings down, plucks Very her from the scene. the fire. Just sick as shit, directly from the book. Um, uh, okay, okay. And also, they animated him. Um... When they animated Quasi, you know, breaking those columns to get free, they did that to mirror actual damage that's on the cathedral oh, that had two sweet. broken columns. And now we know why. So it's like that's how it happened. And uh, <laughs> so this is the 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 part the 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 shot where he he swings all the way back up to the key to the cathedral, holds Esmeralda over his head, and we find yells, out he's, sanctuary. We find out he's a new Tata fan. <laughs> and uh, Frollo. Is no, fucking even. mad. Ooh, he is, so bad. He is in. Yeah, he it's is more salty. than a little salty. He is deciding. You know what? Fuck the church. I'm gonna bust this door down and get get her out of there myself. Yeah. Um, Somewhere in here, I never can quite tell when he loses his hat and is just 
they've just got his yeah. hair like not even styled anymore. I think it's, it's like, down in his, it's, in his face. It's after Quasimodo dumps the molten metal. I think. Oh, okay. Um, which brings us to so th- this sequence starts off very strong because because Phoebus breaks out and he he delivers a, a stirring speech is like, you know the the Frollo has declared war on the city on Notre Dame herself. Are are we really going to let him just like do whatever he wants with this city, burn it to the ground, kill its people? No, we're gonna get rid of him. And he he frees all of the Roma and they all pour out. It's a huge fight. Then the fucking gargoyles get involved. I don't. I don't. I just. I don't. Like, he, Hugo eats a bunch of rivets. Or something. And flies around like a plane. I think yeah, he just crunches up gravel and gravel, spits honestly. them out like a fucking machine gun while making plane noises. Yeah. Like, it's so weird because the, the, the Frollo encounter is very strong and, like, very cinematic. But the cathedral fight is fucking Looney Tunes as shit. Don't they stick a goofy yell in here somewhere? Yes, one of the guys who falls from the cathedral does a goofy yell. Like, um, okay. Yep. I just... Baffling. I don't understand it. Um, it is completely at odds with so much of this movie's tone. And I really have to think it was just executives looking at this and, and just tugging on their collars. and like, we can't... We gotta, we gotta lighten it up. We gotta put some goofy stuff in here for the kids. Presumably, this only exists so that they could have trailers. I mean, like, yeah, probably. It's like it's it so... feels it feels like it's going for like the furniture fight at the end of Beauty and the Beast, except like you know what's going on with the furniture there. Yeah, and also Beauty and the Beast is like, yeah, it's a bit dark. But it's definitely not as dark as this, and Gaston yeah. is a much more bombastic and cartoony villain than Frollo is. I yeah, think that's the is. main thing. Because, like, Frollo is such a genuinely menacing character. Like, I, I have it in my notes here. It's like, Frollo has all of the camp and arch of every other, like, Disney villain of, of the 90s, right? You're, you're, and, and slightly before, like, your Radigans, your Ursulas, your Scars. They are all very dramatic, all of this sort of thing. And Frollo has that sense of theater. But, like, right. the real sense of evil he emanates and, like, malevolence is such on another level. Yeah, he does. is, you can't, like, the rest of those are guys are like, yeah, they're cartoon villains. They're just, like, they want to do bad stuff, but they're big, goofy idiots. Not Frollo. And thankfully, he never interacts with the stupid gargoyles directly. That would be too much. Oh my god. I just... That would have been it. Uh, but uh, we, we, we kind of finish off this... Oh, also there's a part where someone uses a pole to hit five guys in the nuts at once. Oh yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of nut shots in this movie. It's, there really it's are. Pretty, it's act, that's actually pretty funny. Like, listen, I won't... I won't, <laughs> I won't like... I I like my favorite gargoyle scene, which is Laverne finally sicking all yes, the down good. on the soldiers. Our and see, that's what I can tolerate, because it's out. not her spitting rocks and hitting people. It's Yeah. Like, I would rather them not be in this at all, because they shouldn't be real, but we can get into that another time. Um, so the, so the, the, we end with Quasimodo, like, I don't know what the fuck 
these are? Why do? Why are there gigantic vats of molten metal on the roof I of the Notre Dame Cathedral? Because drama. That's why. Maybe they use it for like when they have to like reforge or repair. I guess. Maybe yeah. This must be. Yeah. I. I can only assume Maybe. that's what it is because he does. Listen, like. Here's another problem. So we had all this funny cartoon shit happening. You know, we got Phoebus hitting people like five dudes in the nuts with a big stick. We got the goat like hitting people in the butt. Quasimodo definitely kills some guys with Probably. this because they're they're they have this this yeah. huge battering ram and they're trying to break down the door of the cathedral and Quasimodo just dumps a vat of molten metal on it and like. Those guys yeah, are people dead. Died. Those guys got fucking viscerist right there. Okay. Um, nice reference. <laughs> I understood that and reference. And so Frollo survives. He His hat is knocked off, and he uh, forces his way into the cathedral armed with a sword he took from one of the guards. The deacon is like, you know, all right, enough of this. You know what to do. And he just, like, shoves him to the ground like, nope, we're not doing this. I'm done with this shit. And he is storming up the... Um, up the stairs and Quasimodo comes in to where he stashed Esmeralda. Like, we won, but she's not moving. Yeah. She appears to be dead. Which, oh my God, the emotion that yes. Quasimodo's voice actor put into it's this heartbreaking. Scene. Uh-huh. And like this, they, I think they easily could have killed her here. Honestly, if they wanted yeah. to go a bit closer to the, the story, um, I feel like there might, her, be a, there might be a draft where they did, honestly. Yeah, I bet they considered it, right? Like they were like, "Well, we could," but ultimately, I think it's it's fine that they didn't. Like, I definitely understand Victor Hugo's descendants' frustration at this movie. Um, it is like by far the the highest profile adaptation of this book. I think like huh. there have been other movies in the past, um, but most of them were in the silent era or like very early Hollywood, like in the the twenties and thirties. And there was a big gap, and then this was the, like, this is the, getting getting an entry in the Disney animated canon is a big deal. Um, and they were, filled, they used it to shove in a, a goat fucking Seinfeld gargoyle. <laughs> Finger on so, the monkey's paw curled. But, at this point, Frollo enters, and he sees Quasimodo weeping over these, um assumed corpse of esmeralda and he is like oh my poor boy look at what look at what she's done to you yeah don't holy worry. shit this moment yes he's got the dagger behind his back um he's like i'm i'm still here for you i'll still accept you i will i will give you the salvation you need and he raises the dagger up and quasimodo sees it on the shadow on the wall yeah and says smacks him back um and at some point here, Esmeralda wakes up during this this fight because Quasimodo and Frollo have a rooftop duel. Yes, it's pretty cool. Fro- I love the way Frollo's robe billows, like his his cape is is very active during all of this. He looks great. Yeah, he's got the sword. He is clearly not good with it, um, but he's just sort of like reaching with it, uh, just using it for range, basically. Um, Quasimodo is trying to keep Esmeralda away from him. They end up like dangling over the edge, and ah, I of forget course, the, I forget the exact verse, but yeah, he hits us with like some verse about like the wicked being struck down into the fires of hell. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
which actually is not. Bah! And when he and that when he says be. that, his face gets fucking insane and turns into like a demon face. Um, yeah. All the colors, all the colors get crazy. And he's while he's saying that he's standing on a gargoyle, a real one, like an actual like you know architectural that, gargoyle, not yeah, this fucking thing coming out. Not this fucking atrocities. Um, uh, and of course, it's a Disney movie. You know how this is going to end. See, and this is the part that also gets me. is because before it, like, the one he's hanging on before it falls and, like, makes him fall down into this street where I assume he just splatters. Like, he sees it. Gr- also, fun fact, the actual cathedral is. Oh, there you go. But, like, he Lord. sees it growl at so him. So now we know how that happened. Yeah, it's well. I mean, I I do like that because it's it's sort of his own heightened sense of reality. Right? Like That's he, true. Like I said, he's all fucked up on the Holy Ghost right now. Um, <laughs> he's fucking turned, and so this like he he of course sees this gargoyle snarling, and he and he visualizes this the the sort of swirling, burning hellscape of the streets as like the fires of hell. I think it works really well, actually. Yeah, it, it is, is very funny. I was probably just that, primed to be mad about it because everything else so far with gargoyles. Yeah, and so obviously they couldn't have Quasimodo like fucking shove him off the edge or whatever. The Disney villain death usually exists to absolve the hero of having to do the dirty work. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think oh, the That's one, the one, the one like exception. Is that I'm pretty sure Simba like is the one who throws Scar off that cliff. Yeah, because he does he does the Mufasa thing. Right, 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 um, right, right. He's still he's not the one who directly kills him. Yeah, because that's still the hyenas. But yeah, but he is the one who causes it. But like, I mean, technically he does the Nala thing because he uses that move yes. to flip Scar. Um, off. That's and right, then there's that's right. there's the 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 fucking Clayton from um, Tarzan. Oh, jeez. Where we actually more or less yes. see his body. He like yeah, he falls that. and like gets hung on a vine by accident. Yeah. Uh, I think how Gast- does Gaston guy die again? I think he I think he must have gone similarly to Frollo, because I feel like he probably like slipped or something. What was it now? How does Gaston die? It's been a grip since I've seen Beauty and the Beast. Uh he I think he does. He okay. loses his balance. That's right. That's right, because he fell off the roof, Beast caught him. Put him back on the roof, and then the minute Beast turned his back, right. Gaston stabs him. Beast flails in pain, and it causes Gaston to lose. Get again caused by the villain. The I think. I think Ursula just gets stabbed with a boat. Yeah. No, she yeah. gets the entire boat rammed into her. That's another yeah. exception there. <laughs> that, that's that's um, hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so the the, the, the it it uh, it sort of exists for that reason. It's a fitting end for Frollo, I think. Um, and we get is our sort of happily ever after. I. Once again, I think sort of an unintentional comedy uh, bit where Quasimodo sort of gives Esmeralda and Phoebus' blessing. Yeah. Despite the fact that they don't need it. Yeah, the fucking just... the symbolism in the positioning of this where like they're facing each yeah. other and he's like beside both of them, like joining their hands. Well, like like the I mean it's literally just the positioning that you get in a wedding. And I'm like, ha symbolism. Symbolism. I don't think this movie has any symbols in it. No, not not a one. No symbols, nah. no themes. 
is just pretty pictures and funny gargoyles. That's it. <laughs> no themes, all all Jason Alexander. That's hell. But that's uh, hell. yeah, that's Hunchback. That is <laughs> Disney's weirdest uh, mainline animated film, I think. It is... Yeah, definitely up there, at least. I think the combination of the source material that they adapted being a very poor choice for a Disney film, the extreme tone clashes and we didn't mention it but they this was kind of one of the first big uses of cgi in a crowd scene okay um during the the sanctuary scene they fill out this massive crowd with cgi people and they look they look a little wonky (laughs) they look a little bit weird uh but it's fine so I believe they actually, if I remember my trivia right, I think they actually used the same technology or similar technology that they used to do the Wolverine okay. yeah, King and Lion King. But those definitely look better because it is easier to render animals in CG than people, um, huh. especially one that are ones that are like completely obscured by dust clouds, pretty much. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's that's Hunchback. It is a. I I, I originally ranked it two on my on my currently ongoing list. I bumped it down a few places because I think it's got. Big flaws, um, but Frollo's a great villain. Quasimodo's a great protagonist. The songs are unmatched, and it's just got some really beautiful moments of animation. Yeah, it's this is a movie that's like peaks and valleys. The stuff that's good is real good. The stuff that's bad is real bad. Pretty bad. But yeah, that's uh, that's Hunchback of Notre Dame, Disney's least marketable film. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do that wretched direct-to-video uh, sequel where they give Quasimodo a girlfriend. It's oh on the God. list. It's going to happen at some point. And just kind of, you know, yeah. spit in the face of the original movie's arc for him. Um, right. I've never seen the sequel. I cannot possibly imagine what even there would be. I've never to seen tell. it either. I think Phoebus and Esmeralda have a kid in all there. I know is, uh, all I know is Jennifer Love Hewitt is in it because she's Quasimodo's girlfriend. Okay. Well, we have some questions. Yeah. We... None on Twitter. <laughs> um, I checked. The first so, one, I feel like we like unintentionally talked about. Yeah, we about answered this, this one from Flutterdark. <laughs> Can other people see the gargoyles move, or are they just figments of quasi-imagination from all the years of isolation? That should be what it is. I'm just... But then we see, you know, Jolly, the goat, reacts to one of them. They're actively I've decided that they're Tulpas. He spent so long believing in them that they became... Oh, shit. Yeah, that could be it. Oh, he shit. May... Oh man, he made a fucking Jason Alexander tulpa. I hate that. <laughs> Never mind, that's I hate Quasimodo up, now. That means that's oh no, fucking, oh no, I've ruined him. He fucking made those things? Ugh. God damn uh, it. Casey uh, in the Discord asks, What game would it be most embar- would be the most embarrassing game to lose to a bird? Okay, I forget where this is, but... And I'm sure this is actually probably more than one place, but there is at least one casino that I know of where you can play tic-tac-toe with a chicken, and I think the odds are like 50-50. Okay, so, yeah. So, alright. It would have to be something that a bird could feasibly compete in, right? So, obviously it would be very embarrassing to lose a match of Street Fighter to a bird, but (laughs) they can't can't do that. I think losing a game of 
I mean, poker is pretty embarrassing to lose to a bird. Yeah. Like, let's be fair here. That's very embarrassing. You have to be extremely stupid to lose a, a being poker to a pigeon, no less. Pigeons are not very intelligent birds. There are birds out there. Like, you know, you got you got your, your ravens and your crows and your African yeah. greys that have, like, very, very advanced intelligence levels. So I wouldn't be too, like, bummed out if I lost a game of Go Fish to a crow. So you know what? Yeah, you are. Pigeons aren't. Yeah, if I lost a game of Go Fish to a pigeon, I would like exile myself to the fucking Arctic, like Doctor Frankenstein. Right. God. Don't want any of that shit. Um. I would say rock and sock and robots because literally all you do is like. Yeah. Oh, birds could do that. They love. They love to bounce. Parrots love bouncing. I bet. I bet a parrot could. And if it's fat enough, it can hit. If you have an obese parrot. (laughs) <laughs> if you have failed as a bird owner, you can play Rock'em Sock'em Robots with your parrot. Um, God, I need to see this now. Well, I was thinking. Oh, that's true. Just to find a city life. pigeon. But because parrot could just yep. parrot could just. Uh, let's see. We got. Yep. Uh, Sidemon says, "Please don't use the G slur today, if possible." We didn't use it once. Yes. Congratulations we us. Not. We were more decent than the movie. And I'm pretty sure we didn't use no, it we the didn't. first time we, we recorded it. We avoided it completely. Turns out it's, it's actually easy to not easy. Do that. Yeah. It's really easy. Right. Um, question. What Romani stereotype do you hate the most? I mean, this movie has a lot of them, but it does not have the most heinous one, which the book <laughs> does. The baby snatching one. Oh, right. They took right. that aspect of Esmeralda's backstory out. And that's good because that is the worst one. Okay, having it forgotten yeah. that one, I was going to say... And plus, that would have really taken away from the opening scene with Quasi's mom running away with, you know, holding him. That would have really taken away yeah. from the emotion of that scene. If okay, having it. forgotten about that stereotype, I was going to say the fact that they're just constant thieves. Um, getting away from I mean, the that's movie... That's not great either. Yeah, yeah, but... Getting away from the movie that... for a minute, there's an episode of... Star versus the forces of evil, where they go to a place called like Pie Town, Pie, I forget exactly, Pie something. And like the Pie people are clearly supposed to be like kind of a rip on the Romani thing. And it, it's that whole episode is just that. Just I can can imagine it in my mind's eye. I've never seen Star versus, and I probably won't because I heard it, it didn't really carry through. The rest of the um, show, I did actually, I did end up actually really, really digging, but it had spots like that where it just. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that's the one I hate the most. There's this movie's full of them. It's uh, you know, it's not great. It's not great. No. So Casey asks a very good question here to finish us off. A couple of them. Number one: What if the gargoyles from Disney television program Gargoyles replaced the gargoyles in the in the Disney film The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Better movie. Much better movie. But, Wait, yeah. First, number one. All of those gargoyles are super sexy. Number two. <laughs> yeah. One of them is Keith David. <gasps> oh, fuck, that's right. You fucking kidding me? Oh. Plus, with Lexington and Brooklyn and them, you could have those, you know, light moments in the film without being, you know, punched in the face by Jason I would. Tr- I would literally, like impale jason alexander on a pike right now if it meant putting keith david in this film put him in just more right. things put him in everything Find no him. offense to jason. Keith david should be in everything i like the gargoyles 
we've said it a bunch. We, you, you can go back and listen to the past hour and a half or two hours or however long this episode ends up being. Hey. The gargoyles are the worst. The gargoyles suck shit. Uh, no yeah. one likes them. Like, they were blatantly created as a, as a cynical they were not needed. like marketing thing so that the movie would be profitable. Yeah, like... And I think also just to sell more stuff, like you can then make stuffed gargoyles. Oh, for the little um, like looking at them individually, Laverne is okay. If it were just her, it'd be fine. Disney. Yeah, of the three of them, I like Laverne the best. Okay. Victor... Victor yeah, is just a straight really man to Hugo, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Without, you cannot, you cannot have one without the other. Um, and Which unfortunately, means you gotta Hugo's, get rid of both. Yeah, you just gotta get rid of them. You gotta, you gotta toss them off the edge. Um, and finally, what is objectively the best song in the film? This is hard. This is very hard. I know what ob- I know what the objectively the worst one is. Huh, That's yeah. easy. But like, Ugh. I mean, obviously, my first instinct. Is Hellfire. Yeah, I'm calling it like a toss up between Hellfire and probably God Save the Outcast. But like, yeah, so there's Hellfire, there's, but there's like, I mean, there's also, I guess, one thing about the others, right, is that they do kind of have a very similar vibe. Um, Like, I'm specifically thinking of Heaven's Eyes and God Save the Outcasts. Yeah. They are like, they're more yes. what you would expect to hear. No. Like they're more, they're they're more grander, but uh, you know they're they're very much the the Disney show tune. Bells of Notre Dame is really good, but half of that is. I mean, you got to give respect to Clover's yeah, right? voice yes. actor for that final. But one that, that one is is like that's like holy yeah shit. yeah for sure. Um, but that one is sort of half. It's not really yeah. a standalone like song. Talking, because um, it's also exposition. So like, and but, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. it has the 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 ending lines the the deacon delivers about the eyes of Notre Dame. Like, that's fucking incredible. Huh. That still gives me chills. Like and every Hellfire time I watch it, it gives that me chills for the whole song. Yeah. So and luckily, I will say, um, if you doubt, if you buy like the actual album, it puts. Um, Heaven's Light and Hellfire all as just one single long song because I mean they are yeah. basically back to back. Yeah, so they, they are they are sort of set apart from each other. So yeah, I think that's our answer. Heaven's Light and Hellfire, the the sort of dichotomy of those two, um, are is the the uh, the objectively the best song in the film, and that's scientific, and you can take that to the bank. Yes, don't tell Disney you're doing it; they'll probably find a way to get the money from you instead. But Oh, by the way, today I saw a tweet oh. about how Netflix and Disney are really mad that people are password sharing. <laughs> and listen up, and listen up, Michael. Listen up, Michael oh, Mouse. No. Listen up, you motherfucker. Guess what I'm doing for this podcast? Like you, I don't pay for your fucking service. You already have like all of the money that exists. You'll be fine. Uh, you're gonna yeah, you continue will be fine. to make money. It's like we, oh, we, we're losing a billion dollars a year over it. It's like, well, oh no. What getting nothing to do with that? It's like, no, you're not. You already it's... had the money. <laughs> Continue to whine about password sharing, please. But uh, that—that's our episode. So, do we do plugs or announce? I think we do plugs I first, right? Always then, fucking forget. Then we announce. Uh, it's plugs first. Yeah, it's plugs first. Then we announce plug. the episode because that way, that way we can trick the rubes listening to this podcast into staying for the plugs, <laughs> so they know what the next episode is. <laughs> so you can find me 
on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher or uh, over on the Podcast of Power. Uh, at Podcast of Power on Twitter, we are in season five of Shira. It's popping off. It's oh my God. Good as fuck. Like, the show's good, folks. Yeah. Um, I will you, say I'm still working you, my way through it. Save the Cat, probably one of the best. At least from what I remember I when I was watching it the first I time. I think it's the best episode. Okay, good. I need to rewatch the finale again to see if it's a better episode. But in, in my current estimation, Save the Cat is number one. Are so, y'all yeah, going to talk about uh, the fanfic that Noel? Yes, we are. That's okay. our, we, I'm, I'm literally recording that uh, tomorrow as of this recording. Nice. So, if you want to hear about that, you can check out uh, patreon.com slash pod of power for all sorts of fun goodies. Because, yeah, Kat, it'll That's be me. forever before you get there, I'm sure. Uh, but, no. Yeah, like, I'm still, like, in the first handful of episodes of season one. So, yeah, it's been... I'm, You're going to... Um, yeah. Noel see Stevenson. some good shit. Yeah. I'm a fan of it so far. Well, no, it's even cooler. It. It, I don't remember if this has been officially confirmed, but, like, it's to the point that we pretty much know. No, no, no Stevenson. A, they wrote, they said they. Oh, they did they say? It. Okay, I couldn't remember. But yeah, they wrote a fanfic <laughs> set basically the few hours hmm. like after one of the like. Yeah, well, well hang on. Big I, all, all, all we will say is there is an official piece of fanfiction written by the showrunner of that show that fills that is a like deleted scenes from the basically. show. Basically, it's really it's, good too. Basically canon. It's very good. Once you get there, I'll link it to you. But as for now, just keep watching. Just keep watching the show. But that's it for my plugs. As for mine, I am at Marshmallow uh, for my regular Twitter. It's spelled like Marshmallow, but you put my name in it. Um, and then other than that, I have my, da- uh, my dad joke Twitter at dad underscore tastic. It's, it's exactly what it says on the tin. Um, and I really don't have too many other plugs other than on Disney minus off weeks. And actually because of our rescheduling this Saturday, you can catch me on uh, the Kingdom Hearts podcast I'm doing with Steven, where he's taking me through all the games. And we are yes, we we will starting, be starting Chain of Memories. Memories. I have I've mentioned it in the discord, I think in the spoiler channel. So you don't know, but I've come up with what I think is a very good bit that I'll be using for the episode titles. It's happening. Oh, Lord. <laughs> It's Kingdom Hearts meets friggin' playing cards, and a lot of people don't like the system, but it is probably, it's one of my favorite games in the series. I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet all the funny guys in Organization 13. Yes! In a big old castle that don't make no kind of sense. Cat, what are, what are you bringing like us? Castles. What are you offering us? So what we are going to do, what I have in mind for the next one, uh, funny that we actually briefly touched on one of the scenes in it earlier just now, um, but I am going to, Phil Collins went hard for us, so damn it, we're going to show some respect and watch Tarzan. All right. I was just, you know what? I was just talking with someone's like, you know what? I should, I never really watched Tarzan. That's another weird one. Like, I should definitely check that out. Like the, the Phil Collins soundtrack. Jesus Christ, he went hard. He dubbed himself oh, and a bunch of the other part. dubs That's for the music. Very good. Yeah, he did. I forgot which ones, but he and some of the other foreign soundtracks he there dubbed himself. There is a screen fade in like the opening scene of the movie. I'm sure you probably know which one I mean just from me saying it, but that like has stuck with me since the first time I watched that movie. Oh, it's so good. I'm excited. Plus, it's one of the few movies that I've seen where Wayne <laughs> didn't Damn. play an asshole. 
That is, that is really playing against type. All right, well, excited to return next time for uh, Tarzan. What is that, 98? Yeah, I want to say 99. I want to say 99. I think ni 99 sounds right. I think that was a, a turn of the millennium kind of movie. I'm going to look really quick because it's going to bug me if I don't. Tarzan? Uh, okay. 99, yep. And it's the 37th Ooh. animated feature film. Yeah, because they did live action for like a while. And it is actually, oh, it, Tarzan was actually the last film considered to be released okay. during the right. Disney Renaissance. Well then, yeah. next time cool beans. we will return is. with the final film of the Disney Renaissance, Tarzan. But, uh, you know, until then. I've got I some bet. fun trivia for that one, too. Until then, until we spend some time with the funny Rosie O'Donnell gorilla, remember, everybody. Oh, yeah. Fuck Disney. Fuck Disney. Fuck Disney. Oh, fuck Disney. Oh. <laughs> Don't you ever migrate!